Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors at Life Church and the host for this podcast. And I apologize ahead of time. I'm currently without my podcast microphone. So if the audio sounds just a little bit different, that's why I'm just speaking directly into my computer. So bear with me. Uh, but we are in a series called 21 Days of Prayer. We actually started today our official 21 Days as well, uh, where we're praying on Sunday evenings, and then we're going to be praying every day on Facebook Live. So I hope you can join us in that way. Um, but also, we're doing a series called 21 Days of Prayer, where we're breaking down the different kinds of prayer. Last week, uh, you heard Pastor Daniel, hopefully, talk about the Lord's Prayer. This week, I actually gave the message on intercessory prayer. And uh, kind of broke down the history of where intercession comes from to begin with. But I hope you enjoy that in just a moment. Also, while I have you, uh, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, maybe consider doing that. And if you think it might be good content to help you grow in your faith and you want to share it with somebody, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, go ahead and do that when you get a chance. And uh, we want to be able to, to help anybody in whatever way possible. One of the things that drives us is new life. It's the thing that drives us, actually, is new life in Christ. And when others experience that, it uh, gives us great joy. So uh, thanks for, for sharing this content. Also, if you'd like to give and be generous to Life Church, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org slash now and give a gift to Life Church and the work that we get to be a part of. Now, here's the sermon. Welcome to Life Church. My name is Jared, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's so good to be with you. For those of you in the room, thanks for joining us. For those of you watching online, thanks for joining us. And I always want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and share this experience so that others all throughout social media can experience this as well. If they don't have a faith community or a church home that they're part of, this is an opportunity where they can connect at least a little bit. And also, make sure that you connect with us, with us. if you're online right now. We provide some links for you to be able to do that if this is your first or second time here, but you haven't connected with us yet, please do so. Uh, We are in a series called 21 Days of Prayer, and that actually officially starts today. We're going to talk about some of those events a little bit more later on, Uh, but we have been talking about prayer, and last week, if you didn't get a chance to hear the message, Pastor Daniel gave a wonderful message about uh, the Lord's Prayer and, and how Jesus teaches us how to pray, and so it's a great message. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. It is a brand new year, so I I can't think of a better way to start off the year than to pray and to commit ourselves to pray. And the reason we do the whole 21 days thing is to establish this new rhythm, a new habit. And so we're going to do that. I, I think it's important when we start a new year to reflect on the previous year. What did what happened? What did we learn? What did God teach us, maybe? And so I always like to do something a little bit fun. I like to go and see what were the most uh, researched Google items in 2020. What, what was the most researched topic? And you could probably guess what it is if you're in the room. It's the election results and then COVID, right? Like, is anybody surprised by that? Probably not. Like, those were the two top searches on Google for 2020. I also like to think in my own personal life, like if there was a Google search to my life and to my thoughts and to my conversations that I was a part of, what would come up the most? And actually, I keep a journal, so I I write down things that happen in conversations, things that I experience, things that I need to be aware of. And as I reflect back on 2020, the thing that came up the most was this one word, disconnected, disconnected. 
I heard this word over and over again. People feeling disconnected relationally, mentally, spiritually. There is disconnection. I want to ask you a question, and for those of you watching online, feel free to comment. Is disconnected an adequate way of describing how you felt in the last year? You feel disconnected for a variety of reasons, and disconnection just simply means distance between two parties, between two entities. It could be a husband and a wife. It could be a parent and a child. It could be a teacher and a student. For those of you who are going through school right now, for teachers trying to be able to connect with your student, but there's just this disconnect, right? Or maybe it could just be simply a disconnect between me and God. Feel disconnected spiritually. Some of you feel disconnected. Is that what adequately describes the way that you felt in this last year and maybe going into this year. Here's the thing. This isn't a new idea. It's not just because of COVID that we all of a sudden feel disconnected. This has been going on for centuries. This is an ancient idea and concept that people felt disconnected. Now, I think it's important to remember that it didn't always didn't always start this way. It wasn't always this way because it didn't start out that way because if you're familiar with a little bit of the Bible and you grew up in church, maybe you heard a little bit about this story, this creation narrative that you read about in Genesis, the very beginning, and there was this perfect connection. There was no distance, in fact, between humanity and God. There was a perfect unity, perfect harmony between humanity and God and creation. And there was a perfect connection. There was no disconnection. There was no distance. It was beautiful. Beautiful connection. But very quickly, if you know a little bit of the story, this goes bad. This goes south very quickly because all of a sudden now there is a disconnect. Now it's not because of God. It's because of humanity. Humanity makes the distance. God's actually the one going to look for humanity. He asks the question, where are you? Why are you hiding? It's humanity that creates a disconnect. All because they find a way to replace God. They find something else to do. They find a way to disconnect from God, to create distance. And immediately what happens as a result of that disconnect is chaos, tribalism, violence, and death. That sound familiar? See, the events of this last week is not some isolated event. This has been brewing for centuries. This has been brewing since Genesis chapter 3. There has always been chaos and tribalism and violence and death because of a disconnect from God. When we are disconnected from God, we will always experience these things. And it creates pain and confusion and chaos and frustration. And it leads to violence and death. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this feeling of disconnection, this distance that we might experience between us and God? Well, the story doesn't, start, doesn't stop there because it continues on. In Genesis, we see this chaos happen and it eventually ends up with the people enslaved they're enslaved by a foreign empire who brings about more violence on this people, destroys God's people, but ultimately God is still God. God is holy, God is good, God is loving, and he finds a way to bring about freedom 
He provides a liberator for his people. And what he does is he provides this person, Moses, for the people of God. And we see this in the very next book of the Bible in Exodus. We see this story of an enslaved people who are brought out of slavery because of this liberator named Moses. And he sort of serves as this kind of go-between to fill in the distance between God and humanity. And Moses is frequently in communication with God on behalf of the people. He's sort of this inner uh, intercessor, this go-between to close the distance between God and God's people. And the story continues on to this other book called Leviticus, which I'm sure all of us spend hours reading over and over because it's really, really exciting. Now, this, <laughs> Leviticus is kind of a hard book to read if you've ever spent any time with it. It's a little bit clunky at times, but really, if I could reduce it down just a little bit, Leviticus is actually a very beautiful picture providing a blueprint for how God and humanity can connect once again. And it starts with Moses, essentially, but then eventually God institutes this role of a priest who becomes an intercessor for the people, this person who can be the go-between between God and humanity to close that distance on behalf of the people so that they could reestablish a better connection with God, their creator. And it's, it's actually a really wonderful idea that God institutes. And there's all kinds of uh, requirements and, and a very specific system that's set up in such a way that they can close this distance. I want to illustrate it like this. So let's just imagine we've got God and we've got humanity. And there's this disconnect, distance between these two parties. But God finds a way to create a connection. We call this role the priest or the intercessor, the one who is to bring about this sense of reconnection through healing and forgiveness. And so the priest comes in, and it's not a perfect system, but it's sort of this third party. They, they're human, so they can represent humanity. So they've, uh, they've got a little connection here to humanity. But then also, priests have a very specific role in that they have to be very devout. They have to be very cognizant of who God is. And so they, in a sense, have to represent God for the people. Now, it's not perfect because they're imperfect, but it's what they got. It's a system. It's a system to create intercession, to create uh, this opportunity for connection, to close the distance between God and humanity. Now, this is great. So they can reestablish this connection with God. It's great, but it's limiting. It's not perfect. It's a little bit clunky. Here's why. It's limiting because of the fact that they were relegated to having to go to the temple, to Jerusalem, to sort of make this event happen. The priest would have to be the one to facilitate this atonement and forgiveness of sin and, and the sacrificial system that was all instituted. And they would have to represent God, but God is holy and other than and, and better and majestic. And so they couldn't do it perfectly, but they, they did their best. And they were also human, so uh, they were a little bit flawed. So they were never going to be perfect, and yet this is what they had. And so you'd have to go to Jerusalem. You'd have to go to the temple to experience this connection with God. It was limited. I think about it like this. In the old days of cell phones, uh, if you're 25 or younger, this is going to make no sense to you. But some of you remember the old days of cell phone. You'd 
you'd get your phone out and you'd, you'd be walking around like this. Do you remember this? You'd, you'd walk around, you'd hold it up to get more bars to get a better connection so that you could eventually make a call. Raise your hand if you're in the room and you know what I'm talking about. You know these moments. And if you couldn't get the right connection, you'd stand back. Oh, oh there we go. Okay. You make a call and then it would go out a little bit. And, nope, just move just a little bit this way and then it would be better, right? Like I said, if you're 25 or younger, you're like, come again. I have no idea what you're talking about. Totally understandable. Think about this in terms of trying to connect with the God of the universe. You're you're limited to a a very specific time and and event and place and even person in the priest to be able to make this connection with God. It is a connection, but it's imperfect. It's not a good, long-lasting, sustainable system. But this is what they had. For hundreds of years, this continues to go on until, until Jesus comes onto the scene. And this is what we celebrated at Christmas. The name of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. There's no more distance. There's no more disconnect. In fact, we actually begin to see Jesus dismantle this system and say it's incomplete, it's imperfect, it doesn't actually work anymore, it's too clunky. There's a better way. See, now Jesus becomes this new one to intercede, to close the distance on behalf of the people and on behalf of God. He's closing the distance. Now, here's the thing. He closes the distance in a new way, in a way that looks like it fits, in a way that looks better. Not only is he coming on behalf of God, but he is God. And it just looks as though that's the way it was supposed to be all along. And here's the thing about Jesus is that he, he is God, but he's not stationary like the temple or like the city of Jerusalem, or he's not infallible like the priest who would be imperfect and be sinful but also die. No, Jesus is actually God who lives forever, and he, he can extend himself beyond the temple, beyond Jerusalem, and in addition, he's also human, so he knows how to make this perfect connection with humanity. Jesus travels about extending healing and forgiveness and grace and love and joy and peace and all of these things that God embodies. He is in himself new life and he's bringing it everywhere he goes. This is what it talks about in Hebrews chapter 7. It says, there were many priests under the old system. Think about this, the old clunky system For death prevented them from remaining in office. But Jesus, because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He's closing the distance. Now, there is this moment for them and their history where There's a tragedy. And it seems like we're back to square one because Jesus dies. He's put to death on a cross. And it seems as though there's once again distance between us and God. We thought Jesus was the one. We thought he was going to be the one to save us, who was going to be with us forever. I thought that that's what the role of the Messiah was, was to intercede not just once, but for all time. But only three days later, he's raised to new life. And his resurrection becomes the game changer to show us, to prove to us that this 
this connection will always be there. That Jesus has established a firm connection. It's no longer a weak signal, if you will. There is always a signal. There is always a way for us to be connected with God because Jesus is the perfect intercessor. The perfect one who can close the distance on our behalf. He can do what we can't do because we're filled with sin. We're filled with death. We can't figure this out on our own. It's a clunky system. We need God to come down and rescue us. Love came down and rescued us. Now I am yours. I'm forever yours. There is a perfect connection because of Jesus. Now here's the thing. It's not limited to some event that happened 2,000 years ago. This continues on to our lives, into 2020, and now 2021. We get to experience this connection in a whole new way. See, here's the thing. Jesus prepared his disciples for this moment and all of humanity beyond this. I want to read from John chapter 14. This is what Jesus says before he goes to the cross and before he is ultimately resurrected. He says, if you love me, Obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The the world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Let's skip ahead to verse 26. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative... That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Now, now we've got this whole new picture. So this is where the metaphor breaks down just a little bit. It's not perfect, but we've got God extending himself through Jesus to make a connection with us. Jesus dies. He's risen to new life. And he prepares us for this other person, this other player, if you will, in the Holy Spirit who also is God and extends himself to us, not just some time in history, not just 2,000 years ago, but for all of life. It's what we call the Trinity. We've got God in community, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all working together to close the distance on our behalf so that we can have a perfect and ongoing eternal connection with God once and for all. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to be another intercessor for us. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that intercession is required for us to have a connection with God. We can't do this on our own. We absolutely need God to come to us. We need God to be the agent who extends himself to us, to intercede, to close the distance. We in our own sin and brokenness can't do it. But God does. He can and he does. What's impossible for man is possible for God. We absolutely need intercession. What does this have to do with prayer? There's something we call intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. Here's the thing. I want to ask you a question before we begin to talk a little bit more about intercessory prayer. In your prayer life with God, do you ever feel disconnected? You ever feel like you're just 
You're throwing things out there. You're throwing words out there. You don't even really know what you're saying. You, you maybe don't know how to say it. You just, you're throwing something out there. Maybe you feel dry. Maybe you feel numb in your, in your prayer life, and you're just hoping for the best, but ultimately it just feels empty. Maybe it feels apathetic in your prayer life. Do you ever wonder why that is? Do you ever feel disconnected in your prayer life? Maybe it feels like, like the cell phone illustration. Maybe you're, you're going around and you're trying to find a signal, but nothing's quite showing up. And what we used to call that growing up is we call that a, a dead zone. You're, you're in a dead zone and you, you just cannot seem to get a signal in order to make a call. You can't even make the call because there's no signal. How much more painful and frustrating is that in our prayer life when we feel like there is no connection between us and God? There's no signal. It's weak. Let me ask you another question. Do you acknowledge the presence and the participation of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life? The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into truth, who guides us in order to understand how this connection works, in order to sense that God is actually close, that he's not distant, that he's actually right there with us. Do you acknowledge the presence and the participation of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life? Here's why that's important. Here's why this is so crucial. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. one collective sigh of relief. You ever feel weak in your prayer life? You feel like you don't know what to say. You feel numb. You feel like you don't even want to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't even know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor who prays on our behalf when we don't even know what to say. Not only are we numb or apathetic or dry or weak, but the Holy Spirit can actually understand the condition of our heart and then go to the Father and pray on our behalf. This is beautiful, this community of who God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working together to help us even in our prayer life, even in our moments of greatest weakness. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. I think about it like a, like a translator. We used to go down to Guatemala with some students and we'd do some mission work and I didn't know any Spanish. I still don't really know all that much, uh, but I'd bring that little pocketbook along and I'd be amongst some people who only spoke Spanish. I only spoke English and I'm fumbling around with my words, just trying to figure out a couple things to put together, but sometimes I would get the masculine and feminine words mixed up and then I'd have these kids just laughing at me like, <laughs> he said it the wrong way, only they'd say it in Spanish. I, that's what I assumed that they were saying. And, and so I just, it would be frustrating and I, I felt like we weren't getting anywhere until the missionary that we were stationed with would come along and then all of a sudden I could, I could say whatever I wanted to and they would figure out how to translate what I was saying to the people so that they could understand it. It was this ultimate relief. It felt like there was understanding, there was clarity there in our prayer life. We have a translator who understands the condition of our heart when we don't know what to pray, when our prayers don't sound all that great, 
Sometimes I think we put this pressure on ourselves that it has to sound like this Shakespearean monologue. No. This is why I love that it says the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Guess what? Disconnection feels painful. There's pain and frustration. There's chaos. There's fatigue there. The Holy Spirit identifies with us in our pain and in that sense of disconnection and then makes that connection. Translating through groans and praying on our behalf. It's a beautiful image of how God works all things together for our good. There's disconnection and there's distance. It's painful. But the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. I think it's important to ask the question, though, what causes the distance? Why is there distance? We established early on in the book of Genesis, there's sin, right? There's, there's brokenness. Humanity has always and will always create distance, but that comes in very specific ways in a lot of times. It comes through unbelief. It comes through unforgiveness, depression, fear, jealousy, greed, are a lot of the specific ways, but ultimately, I think the number one way It's through idolatry. See, if we experience distance for long enough, then maybe we convince ourselves that the distance is too far to travel. And so we find a replacement for God, and we simply call that idolatry. We find something else that can come and sort of kind of measure up, make us feel good. That actually can replace God and then eventually becomes our God. That's what idolatry is. Could be any number of things. And sometimes even, I think uniquely in America, what we do is we have our idols, but then in a weird way, we actually invite God back into our idols and we mix them together and then we actually still call it Christianity. Here's the thing, make no mistake about it. Idolatry, no matter how great you dress it up, no matter how Christian you try to make it, is still idolatry. Any form of tribalism, nationalism, racism, still ends up looking disgusting. It still creates a disconnect. Only God, in his perfection, in his holiness, can close the distance and make a perfect connection. We have to set aside the things that we have made idols, the things that cause violence and destruction and chaos and death. We have to invite the Holy Spirit to do this work in us. I recognize that maybe that's never happened for you. Maybe you've actually never acknowledged the presence and the participation of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. I want to provide an opportunity for us to do that right now. I want us to sing a song. David's going to come up in just a second. We're going to sing the song simply entitled, Holy Spirit. And in it, we say this lyric, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Now, that's not to say that the Holy Spirit is sort of outside of this place. And so we have to invite the Holy Spirit in. That's not what we're saying. The Holy Spirit is already here. It's something that we have to do in our own hearts and our minds is to remind ourselves of God's presence through the Holy Spirit and to acknowledge 
His presence and participation in our whole, our whole lives, but specifically in our prayer lives. And so we're going to sing this song. I want you to take the time to reflect on the presence of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into truth, to bring about peace, comfort in the midst of chaos, in the midst of political division, in the midst of violence and death. The events of this last week are just a manifestation of things that have been going on for centuries. Followers of Jesus are called upon to invite the Holy Spirit to pray, to be in alignment with God's will, to look like Jesus, to reflect Jesus in all of our interactions. And so if you don't feel like you've ever acknowledged the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to sing the song, but also pray this simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I want you to stay seated during this time. Take a moment to reflect, but also I would invite you, for those of you in the room, those of you watching online, to simply just put your hands out. To allow your body to tell your mind, your heart, your soul. To acknowledge the presence and the participation
presence isn't there. Wherever we go, if you don't go ahead of us, we don't want to go there. We need your presence. We need your Holy Spirit. We cannot find a connection to you in our own ways. We can't manufacture some kind of connection to you. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't be rich enough or educated enough. It is impossible for us to connect with you unless you move, God. And you have moved. You have come close to us in Jesus. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. And you have sent your Holy Spirit. So God, now we acknowledge your Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit into our lives. Change us, renew us, fill us so that we can be the people that you have called us to be. Not some distorted image. Not some political party. But true followers of you. Some of us haven't even gotten to Jesus yet. If you're in the room, you're watching online, you have never recognized that Jesus has come to rescue you from your brokenness, from your fatigue, from your feelings of apathy and numbness, maybe any disconnection that you've experienced with God. Jesus is the one who gives a firm connection once and for all time. I want to invite you to say, come Lord Jesus into my life. Change me.
you that you are here. Continue to move in and through us, Holy Spirit. Even when we don't know what to pray, even when we don't know what to say, even when it feels like we're fumbling around in our words, you go on behalf of us. And we need you to do that. We trust you to do that. Thank you for providing a way for us to be connected with you. In Jesus' name. This is just the beginning. I want to close with just a few very practical thoughts. Because it doesn't stop here. This is just the beginning. God has done the work to close the distance. To create a connection that is permanent. Now we have a role to play. See, we the church, we've been given a role to now be an extension to the rest of the world. To a community, to a world who doesn't know that they can actually be connected to God. That they're actually not far from God at all. Because God is with us. And Jesus reminded the Holy Spirit would be with us, but also be in us. Which is why we extend this love and this grace and this mercy to everybody. Everybody. We participate in something called intercessory prayer. It sounds really fancy, but it's actually really simple. Paul puts it this way to a church leader named Timothy. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Close the distance and give thanks for them. Pray this way. Listen to this. because I think this is important for last week's events. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. We have a job to do. We don't just keep it to ourselves. We go and extend this. The spirit that is within us has emboldened us to live this out. I'm going to give you three very specific action items when it comes to intercessory prayer. Tonight, I want you to come pray. If you want to come in person, awesome. If you want to be online, awesome. Pray with us tonight at 6.30. And commit to it. Tonight, the 17th and the 24th, from 6.30 to 7.30, we're going to pray together. We're going to intercede. That is a huge responsibility that we are called to as a church. We're going to do it on behalf of others. What are we going to be praying about? Well, that's number two. Number two, submit a prayer request. You can do that right now. You can go to the Now page, and there is a link that you can click on. It simply says, Submit a Prayer Request. You can click on that. And maybe you don't have a prayer for yourself, but maybe you've got somebody in your family, somebody in your workplace, somebody in your school that you want us to be praying for. Put that in there, and we will be praying for them. And then lastly, if you're feeling disconnected, are you in community? John mentioned this at the beginning of our time together. If you're not in a life group, be in a life group. If you're a student and you're not connected, come on Wednesday nights. Get connected in a group so that we can begin this journey of intercessing. We can close the distance and come together in prayer. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's sing one more song about that. I want to invite you to stand. Those of you in the room, those of you at home, Let's sing this with our whole heart.
hearts, knowing that God's Spirit is with us and in us. Let's sing together. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we are glad that you're checking out this podcast. Also, if you'd like to connect with us, you've never done that, uh, go ahead and check out our now page. It's lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And you can connect with us and we can help you take your next steps. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.